this crazy wind sound is going to end in just a second now. But I wanted you to hear it for a moment. I wanted you to hear that you are not in the usual burning taro spot. Yes, we can get big winds in the woods of Central Oregon where we normally wander. But this, this is even more exceptional. This is the Pacific Ocean. There's a heck of a lot of wind. I'm going to put on a wind sock here. I'm T, this is burning taro. We're going to pull our taro card at the beach. Here comes the wind sock. So hopefully you'll be able to hear the ocean, but not all the crazy wind. We'll just see how it goes, you guys. Oh, it's falling. Oh, no. No. This is what we call highly professional audio production. Because that's just my style. I like everything to sound like someone on TV made it. I like everything to sound like... Ah, we're in a sound room. Beautiful sound room built in 1962. Nah. I just like to do stuff casual, real, sometimes a little murky, cruddy, dirty, mixed up, and even frighteningly raw. Because that, my friends, is the state of our reality. And we're so used to mediated reality. As in, someone's telling us about it and they're, you know, putting the cool filters on the photos and they're making the cool story video TV movie thing out of life. The novel, too. So we sometimes forget that this unfiltered, raw life that we live is perfectly legitimate, just like it is. In fact, it's beautiful for what it is. It's nice to tell each other stories, and it's nice to process information together. It can even be nice to go on social media, which I've been doing again lately after many years refusing. But you got to just make sure you know, I think. We got to keep it in mind that like, oh yeah, this is, this is the fancy version. The fancy, mediated, edited, filtered, you know professional slick version of everything that isn't the only thing we have in our realities so for my little podcasts my fun stuff I like to keep some of that in there it reminds me that I'm real and you're real and that this beautiful planet is very very real and we're part of it and we're raw, and we're real with this planet. Right now, we are walking uh, in a not-so-windy spot. <clears throat> this is a sandy path down to the beach. It is surrounded by, I don't know what they are, these evergreens that are always at the Oregon coast. I've been seeing them here my whole life. Someone, someone else could tell you what the heck they are. And then there's these broad-leafed kind of hedge things. Yeah, that's me. I'm just the botanist you've all been waiting for. And it's spring, so some of these are just popping out with weird little flowers and and pussy willow-looking fuzzy bits. Leaves are coming forth. And here's the ocean. (sighs) 
I spent a couple of days at the ocean for my birthday. Thank you to everyone who pitched in on my uh, birthday GoFundMe. I see people are still donating. I'm so grateful. It makes me happy to know that everybody cares and wants to... I've got a lot of notes that were like, thank you. It's not often we get to thank you for what you do. That's sweet. By the way, you can always thank me. (laughs) Yes, I love that stuff. You can email me, burningtarot at gmail.com, and tell me that you liked the reading or that it means something to you that, that the podcast is available Maybe you only listen once a month. Maybe you listen listen every week. I love hearing from you guys about how how it all intersects with you. Um, and I'm happy to take donations. And you can you can go to that GoFundMe. Uh, I guess I'll post a link to it. Um, or anytime you can send me a PayPal. Or uh, look at my website and buy a little reading for yourself or somebody else. There's also a shout-out on the podcast. I've only gotten a couple of those that people have bought or been offered a freebie. So that's where you pay $20. It's basically a donation to me for making the podcast. Uh, And if you'd like, you can have me do a shout-out where I say, Hey, you know, happy birthday such-and-so to somebody that you want to specify or I draw attention to a cause or a business that you care about, such as an artist that you like or an organization that you support. It's only $20, and it's just a nice way to kind of drop something in the tip jar. But if you take the option, you can have me mention somebody on the podcast. Wow, there's a lot of wind down here, and there's ocean. There's also people. I would probably, probably do without that, but... Hi, people. I love you, people. Everybody's looking for stuff here. We have a lot of shells on the ground. The tide is still somewhat in. There is a warning out today against um, sneaker waves, which are infamous around this part of the Oregon coast for swooping up and killing people, dragging them out to sea. And that happened to some loved ones of people that I know. And keep your eye on the ocean, my friends. Mother Ocean is beautiful and takes no prisoners. There's a gigantic, adorable ladybug on a branch nearby. Oh, another ladybug. So these are really big ladybugs, but their dots are kind of small. They're spots. That's neat. I'm a little bit shaded from the wind over here. Shielded. I hope you can still hear the ocean. So that's where we are today. A beautiful place, the Oregon coast. I grew up about an hour and a half from the Oregon coast. Maybe less than that. An hour. Uh, But my parents didn't come out here all that often. So it still has that feeling of a special holiday to me when I get to come. And uh, I started rambling about the fundraisers and things. The fundraiser was actually for me to do more of my astrology education. But knowing that that was all paid for for the next entire year because of everybody being so generous, I felt like I could just say to heck with it and grab a beach cabin, a 
to do something special for my birthday. So I did. And thank you to the Burning Tarot listener. Very special person whose name starts with H, dear friend of mine, who joined me out here for a bit of that for a couple days. Wonderful times. So I'm going to get to our card, but I'm going to set you up a little bit here. So you've got the setup, we've got birthdays, we've got the beach, we've got the ocean. The waves are coming in Pacific Ocean style in, in this case, multiple sets. So there's, right now I'm staring at about eight waves. They're all rolling in at once. They are foamy, they are large. Uh, This is not like going to Florida or something. You know, where you, here's a little wave. (laughs) No, this is the Pacific Ocean. This will kill you. And that's part of the fun. Um, She's just gorgeous and big. Powerful. All this water energy. Yes, I'll take it. And I don't think I'm going to go barefoot today. I did that in in the sun the other day. So here we are in the ocean, and so um, H was with me here at the coast at this cabin we'd rented. And for my birthday, I set up a little altar inside the cabin, and I pulled just really casually, like, eh, I'm just pulling a card while I set up the altar. This is using Cat Black's Golden Tarot, as we so often do uh, in Burning Tarot Land. Um... And it was the Seven of Cups. And this is the card that has a lot to do with choices. Having lots of choices. And they're each, you know, each choice of these seven choices, these seven goblets, full of kind of fantastical things that one might dream of, ranging from dragons to jewels, etc. They're all really kind of different from each other. And it's really representative of when we're at a certain point in our lives where maybe there's too much bounty or too much information. And we just, we really don't know where we want to go next. Seven of Cups can also be, we get lost in the fantasy, the fantasizing about all those possibilities. And it makes it more difficult to actually, you know, do something you're just kind of tripping out thinking hey I wish I had a dragon and some gold necklaces that'd be cool so I put it on the altar didn't worry about it too much a couple days later I did a really really big tarot reading for myself Uh, some of you who are newer to tarot reading have asked me is it okay to give yourself a reading and the short answer is yeah but just not too many of them. It's not the right way for most people to uh, to really get in the groove with the tarot and find out if it's the right place for you to go. And the reader is a huge part of your interaction with the tarot. So I, you know, I do give myself readings a lot. That's how I learn, though. So I'm aware that I'm doing this as a learning practice as much as a divinatory practice. This is part of how I learn tarot. It's not necessarily the greatest tarot reading I'm ever going to get from my little old self. Um, So this big uh, reading that I did a couple days later was far more considered 
and I really spent a lot of time with it. It was a two-hour reading, y'all. That's a lot of time to spend with yourself, but it was a reading, a Celtic Cross, which is an 11-card reading, and it's my particular variation on the Celtic Cross, but that's still, Celtic Cross is still my very favorite reading to give. On my site, if you're buying a tarot reading, it's listed under, it just says like a proper tarot reading. And for me, that means Celtic Cross, uh, unless you've got something else in mind. So, yeah, really intense time. And the Seven of Cups came up again. And this is part of what we love about astrology and tarot and all the different woo-woo things that we use for divination and oracle oracular practices and for diving into the woo-woo, into the great woo. You know, you're looking for these correspondences, these correlations. We look for layers and we look for repetitions. If something like that repeats itself, you're like, oh, hey, I'm paying attention. And in that reading, the Seven of Cups came up in a position suggesting that, well, it's not really just about me. This is about me and my friends, the people around me, the types of people like me that I hang out with. We're all kind of swimming. We will be soon, at least. Swimming in this land of potential choice. There are dangers to that. One can fail to make a choice at all. One can get lost in the decision-making process. Whether that's a fantastical process or a woo-woo one, or sitting around making very, very intellectual lists of pros and cons. Well, my friend H, who had been at the beach with me at the Oregon coast, she texted today to say that she noticed when she got home that the card that she'd drawn for herself before leaving for the coast a few days ago was the Seven of Cups. So, this whole idea of we have choices to make, we're in the cup's land, which tells us it's our kind of, our watery self, like this ocean we're in front of, this is the part of us that's bringing up the choices. It's not just external. Externalities make it so you have to make choices, right? So let's say you get laid off, you have to decide what kind of job you're going to look for next, whether you're going to take an early retirement, whether you're going to say, I'm just going to grab some unemployment and live on the road for a while, right? So that's just you going about your business and, and let's say your, your job, you know, your, your workplace um, folded, the store shut down. Okay. With Seven of Cups, it can be that we have to work with those kinds of decisions, But very often, it's really about deciding what our emotional lives are going to look like. Deciding, feeling this strong influence of different areas of our emotional lives. And playing with them in our minds. Deciding what we want next. Or, you know, just fantasizing and floating around and farting around and losing time. Seven of Cups isn't really into dictating that we make good choices or that we really um, push forward with choices. But it is going to keep reminding us that there are choices. There are possibilities. Some of them quite fantastical. 
and that's going to keep recurring for us. Today's card for all of us at Burning Tarot, I think, is riffing on that. Oops, dropping something here. Hold on. It's taking the Seven of Cups wide choices setup that H and I were kind of working with at the cabin and in our lives. And, well, what would be the next step from of something like that? If you're in a Seven of Cups space and you start feeling the pressure to move beyond, you know, having choices, having fantasies, having ideas about what you might do someday. What if the pressure increases and you actually have to make a choice? Well, that's when you draw the card that we drew just now here at this particular beach. We have the Two of Swords reversed. Two of Swords reversed, and I'm going to very specifically look at Cat Black's version of it, so I don't just get caught up in kind of generic interpretations that uh, I may have experienced before or may have read in my books over the years or somebody taught me. Um, and I, I mention that because that's another question that I get about the tarot is, uh, you know, how, how do you read it? Do you just go with what it says in a book? Oh my gosh, we, we're getting dive bombed by this crazy ass kite. That's kind of cool. Wow. Huh, see, you can do a lot with that wind. Anyway, I would say, yeah, learn from a bunch of books and then try to put that out of your mind so that you can actually engage with the card. In that spirit, two of swords. I'm going to turn her right side up. In the cat black version, we have a kind of golden yellow ground earth upon which is a bench. Sitting upon the bench is a woman dressed in very dark blue. Uh, That's kind of her cape. And then she's wearing a creamy golden tunic. She is bent over somewhat. She has a halo around her head, but it is a dark halo. It is more of a rust color than the traditional gold. Her hair is golden. She is holding in her hands two swords. Her hands are crossed, crossed across each other, and the swords are crossed as well. She's not staring face forward at us, as you might see in many other decks. And interestingly, she is not blindfolded. In many decks of the kind of Smith Rider Waite tradition, you'll see her wearing a blindfold and kind of echoing uh, the judgment card in that, uh, I'm sorry, not judgment, justice. justice. Justice is wearing a blindfold, right? Well, in this card, she's hunched over and her eyes are kind of looking up and, you know, she's not happy, this nice white lady with the goldenish hair. She's waiting. She's tired. I think she's waiting for some indication that it's okay to move forward. Behind her is dark water. 
and there are beautiful but probably deadly pinkish reddish rocks out in the sea uh, this is not the waves crashing on the beach part of the sea like we have here in the Pacific Ocean today this is a quieter inlet there, uh, there's a little silhouette of a boat with a couple people in it maybe that's the people from the Six of Swords um, out behind her and you can see some houses or buildings and maybe and a plant in silhouette along this you know whatever it is lagoon inlet small bay and there's just a little bit of a moon maybe a quarter moon shining yellow way out there at sea behind her She's stuck because she has a decision to make, which is why I went on and on about the Seven of Cups, right? So the Seven of Cups shows us the many possibilities. It puts us in touch with the fact that our ideas about choice, our ideas about what we might want to do next, bubble up from our emotions. If you believe in karma or multiple lifetimes, that kind of stuff, they bubble up from there. Our cups, our water element really puts us in touch with all that. They bubble up from our ancestral heritage and and our childhood selves as well. You know, when a lot of our psyche and our psychology is made up of all this stuff, right? A mixture of weird archetypal information that we probably, you know, maybe we like to think we understand it because we were in therapy for, (laughs) well, I don't know about you, for me, many, many years. Um, or we read uh, books by Carl Jung, or we listen to podcasts about astrology and tarot, whatever. You know, sometimes we kind of think we understand what we're all about. But really, the mystery is still in there. There's a lot of shit we do not know about what moves us and what moves our emotions, our attractions, uh, what we revile, what we revere, what we want to move toward what turns us on so the cups really uh, you know depending certain planets certain cups certain cards put us in touch with that and I think seven of cups is a great example of that because it's not it's not very judgy it's like maybe you like dragons okay that's cool maybe you like castles that's fine we've got a grail with a castle in it over here over here there's a human head what does that mean it's probably about intellect or will okay, some decks will show a sexy lady in a cup. Some decks will show um, death. They'll show a creepy um, skull. You know, so many different cups full of interesting stuff that one might drink or partake in or imagine. It has a drug-like quality to it. When you take it out of there and into the swords, which is what we do today, well, that really changes what we're doing about the whole concept of having choices we have to pause for a minute you can listen to the ocean while I have some coffee that's my choice coffee coffee so two of swords the swords bring our brains in there our most conscious 
ourselves, our intellectual, logical, sharp, thinky thoughts. So it's the part of us that's going to write about it in our journal and, and write that list of pros and cons to figure out what we should do. The part of us that has power struggles and engages in kind of, you know, maybe fails to take into consideration the intuition and the ancestry and the karma and all the like wiggly woo-woo that, you know, endless jello of strange, fun, odd, sometimes mysterious, sometimes terrifying water element and darkness that's bubbling around in our unconscious. When we reach the swords with this stuff, we are thinking. We are thinking rational thoughts about everyday life and possibly about more far out intellectual pursuits as well. So if you get hung up on um, epistemological concerns, I have that tendency. This might, this card is perfect for that. There you're like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know how to tell what's real. And if I study this philosophy and some of the neuroscience behind it, and not to mention what the physicists say, I might discover that, you know what, there's no way to know. We have to just come up with some little provisional, uh, imaginary consensus reality in order to get along. We have to say, I'm not sure what's real and what's false, but I'm pretty sure this ocean right here is real and these waves are really big and I'm not going to walk out into them and freeze to death and drown. So there's that practicality mediated by our big juicy brains. When we draw the two of swords reversed, there is often a feeling that whatever choice we make, and, and now it's not just like the Seven of Cups. Ooh, there's a million things to choose from. This is exciting. By now, we're probably narrowing into one particular thing, one particular issue that really needs our attention. And we may feel like there's only like maybe two choices. This may not be correct, but we will have this sensation of, okay, um, my partner has been doing such and so for the last several years. This is, you know, this has turned from something that bothered me into something that might destroy our relationship. And in the Seven of Cups mode, you're going like, well, we might go to therapy again, go to couples counseling. Or, gosh, I wonder what it'll be like when the kids are a little older, maybe it'll be better. Or what if we moved, you know? What if I started uh, working full-time at Mega Corporation again and my partner could just work part-time and help take care of the kids and maybe that would chill my partner out and, and they would take time for self-care and therapy and everything would be fine and they'd stop, whatever, cheating on me, drinking, Maybe they're just doing something self-destructive that's annoying to you or makes your relationship feel untenable. So in the, when you're in your Seven of Cups mode, 
you're going like, hmm, I could do this, I could do that, we could do this, we could do that. When you get to your two of swords reversed, it's different. It's more like, holy shit, I can't believe what my partner did. I can't believe how long this has been creating tension in me. And I have to make a decision. Something big, something has to break, something has to give. And you might have it in your mind under the influence of your Two of Swords nature reversed. You may have it in your mind that there are only two options. You either stay with your partner or you bail. That's all that's left. Shit. That's a scary place to be. So we often end up really stuck there. In other decks, this is a blindfolded character. (sighs) Coffee moment. And most interpretations that you'll run across, instead of associating that with justice, they will associate that with uh, willful blindness, refusing to look at facts. I don't always like that interpretation, so it's kind of cool that we're using a card that doesn't doesn't have the blindfold in there. And heaven only knows how blind and visually impaired people feel about it when they hear and read about these interpretations. Like, she's blind, she must be stupid. No. She's looking, she's reaching a point where she has to look with something more important than her eyes. Our two of swords... She's raised up these two swords to protect herself. What lies behind her is a very interesting nightscape of deep waters and strange little boats and very dangerous rocks. She is preventing anybody else from diving in there right now. She might herself need to go in there to find out what's going on in her deeper self. But for whatever reasons, right now, she's frozen. She cannot go there. So she's protecting herself from intruders using her mind. She's protecting herself from her own unconscious using the many tips and tricks that we have at our disposal with our minds as well. And those are those two swords she's holding. So yes, she could be practicing some self-delusion. I think all of us do at certain times. Oh, another ocean listening moment, a.k.a. I need some more coffee. Ah, It's decaf, but it's still dang good. Damn fine cup of coffee, to quote Agent Cooper. So here she is. Um, some people consider the two of swords reversed to be a rock and a hard place. Those are your two choices. And I would say she's under such great strain. Um, I like being able to see her eyes in this card because I see her straining. I see how much she's, she's working even while she's stuck. So we might find ourselves in that position where... We know something has to give, something has to change. We have to make a choice. 
our eyes can be open to all possibilities and we can still feel stuck. And sometimes, you know, putting up the couple of swords is a, is a weird form of, you know, it's self-protection, as I mentioned before. It's a way of preventing ourselves from just having complete information overload and overwhelm. So for, for some of us, I think particularly in this kind of, whatever, media, internet age, sometimes when we pull the two of swords, we're reaching a point where our brain is saturated. We cannot take in any more information. It feels like it can't help us. It might feel like it can harm us. If we don't know what to do next about something important in our lives, that additional information uh, might not be helpful anymore when we're in uh, Two of Swords land, especially reversed. You know, maybe at another time, uh, engaging the intellect, doing a whole bunch of research might um, solve the problem quickly. In this case, those very swords-like activities, you know, so the swords are related to the element of air. So um, grabbing for air, and, and that's also the sign of, or of the element that rules the internet. So, you know, there's that. If, you're in, if you've been listening to this and you're like, okay, get to the point, what am I supposed to do next? And you know exactly which conflict is in your life. You know where you feel paralyzed, stuck, perhaps self-protecting, but nevertheless stuck in the dark. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't discourage you from doing research, but I would say be careful with your research. Be aware that research itself isn't what's going to solve this problem. It can help inform you, but it can just take you down a rabbit hole. So maybe take it easy. Do a little research here, a little research there. Read one article about the subject a day, not 12. Take a walk. If you feel healthy enough to do it, and safe enough, and you really might not be in that mode right now. But if you are, then try dipping deeper into that dark water behind the Two of Swords. Leave your swords at the shore. You can keep them crossed there as an indicator to other people. Do not fucking come dive in this black water with me. But maybe you need to go in there. You can just, you know, put your toe in there. Go in up to your knees. Splash off your face a little bit. So you get a sense of what your inner, deeper self is after. What it wants what that deeper you wants. And of course, on, on this podcast, I'm always telling us, you know, let's go barefoot. Let's go out in the forest. Let's go to the ocean. Let's connect with our real planet because that's a huge conduit for our energy, our intuition, our passion, our energy. So yeah, do that so that you're working with something real. You're not just playing with swords, playing with your brain, playing with words and the internet and the tarot cards and, all, you know, all the little props that we use to work something through. Uh, the key to working through a two of swords or a two of swords reversed, and I think this is true most of the time, 
when we draw this card from whichever deck. The key is intuition. Your deep intuition is going to help you make this decision. There may not be a real rush needed. It may just be so tense and uncomfortable that you want to go ahead and at least start the process. Take a long walk. Lie on your porch and look up at the stars every night for a week and ask them for advice. Talk to a friend that you love, but then take an hour to just sit there by yourself. Write a poem, but take two hours to take a walk, or you're not writing a poem. Oh, hey, can you hear that? We have a helicopter. I hope that's not a bad sign. Sometimes a helicopter flying that low isn't just sightseers. Hmm. I hope everybody's okay. And I'm sitting here among these beautiful strands of, I don't even know what it is. It's not seaweed. Some kind of ocean-growing grasses and plants. These gorgeous rocks are strewn about. There's some driftwood and a newer log. And of course the ocean rolling in. As I draw this card, I'm like, I don't even really know what that Seven of Cups is about for me. And I don't know what this Two of Swords is about for me. But for some of you, it's probably immediate. Like, you're like, oh yeah, this is about fill in the blank. This is about my job. This is about what to do about my mom. This is about my living situation. This is about my partner. This is about my addiction. You know, whatever thing you're dealing with that you have been circling around lately, circling back to having your questions about. You may really feel it strongly. I hope you're able to dive into your intuition with it. If you like having things like astrology and tarot to help you guide decision making or sort of jiggle and jar your brain around so that it gives you more access to the woo, you know what to do. You go to my website, tiffanyleebrown.com click on the shop link uh it's the ye i can't even remember the name of it it's the ye old tarot hut souvenir shop shoppy you know as h-o-p-v-e i find this amusing um but do whatever works for you in terms of delving into intuition and be aware that with those swords the brain the mind the words the very clever logical self you know, might be messing with us, might be trapping us, and might be protecting us so hard that we are totally closed off from all contact, which might not be ideal, right? So I hope that this is useful, if not to all of you, then to somebody out there in Burning Terrorlandia. And, um, we're walking right in the wind now. I don't know if, what that's doing to the microphone. We're walking right out into the ocean. Not yet. There's another ladybug. There's lots of broken up shells and big, big rocks. If I had a better camera, I'd take a picture of those little ladybugs for you. 
sitting on their little rocks and right next to the ocean. So pretty. Yep. And we're just like them, you know. We're just trying to fly and we're kind of getting stuck in the water. <laughs> trying to dry out on a rock. And we'll get there, you guys. I'm convinced of it. Um, yeah. So, enjoy your weird decision. And if you want to tell me about it, please do send email. I love to hear where these things go for people. Uh, much love to y'all from T. Here's the ocean.